0: So if you all want to go ahead and if you're sitting on the front row, you might want to move back to the second row so you can put your feet underneath the seat because I'm going to step on toes tonight. I'm going to step on yours and I'm going to step on mine because we lose to fear for one reason, because we don't follow what God's word says. The definition of fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous or is likely to cause pain or is a threat. The phrase fear not or be not afraid occurs 103 times in the King James Bible. Fear itself is mentioned over 500 times in the Bible. You think if something's mentioned 500 times in the Bible that it might be something we need to pay attention to? Something that God wants us to know, hey, this can happen? That's the way I look at it, I truly do. We're going to open tonight, and I would like for everyone to turn to Isaiah 41 and 10. <laughs> Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That is the positive side of everything that God is willing and able and can do for us if we allow him to do that. So you may be seated. There's several things that we as humans, people, even Christians, face on an everyday basis. Things we fear can all be summed up into one word. And whether you agree with me or whether you don't, I'm the one preaching this, so I get to tell you how it is. But fear can be summed up into one word that we can all understand, and that word is life. Life. Well, how is life scary? Life can be very, very scary. I don't know how people who don't know the Lord make it day to day. But the truth is, even as Christians, we allow fear to creep up into our life. We allow fear to take over things where we become handicapped and we become crippled. And the only one that can help us is God. We experience things as financial loss, job loss, health, friends, family, even other people's approval, and we also have the fear of losing our own mind. We will get to that. How can I lose my mind? Believe me, you can lose your mind. Psalms 91. we We're going to start with Psalms 91, 1 and 2 tonight, and it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say unto the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress... My God, in Him will I trust. Everybody knows that verse. Everybody's heard that verse. How come we don't do what that verse says? Mm -hmm. Simple fact is because, well, yeah, Pastor Tommy read that verse last Sunday. I remembered. It was really good, and it inspired me then. But as soon as I walked out the door, I forgot it. Mm -hmm. It's real simple. Brother Tommy, I'm going to, I know this isn't a big problem here, but we as Christians all need to hear this. We're going to start with our number one fear tonight. Number one fear is financial loss or job loss. I want everybody to turn to Malachi 3. We're going to start in verse 8. And I'm going to read it to verse 12, and I want everybody to follow along. I want everybody to hear each and every word that this says, because it... This also, it tells us why we experience these, these things. It also says how that we can get out of it and that other people will see what God can do if we do what the word says right here. We're starting verse 8 and it says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. It's a message that most pastors and preachers don't like. Ooh, tithes and offerings? Ooh, I don't want to talk about that. But it goes on, it says, Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now therewith, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out you a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer from, for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Why wouldn't we pay our tithes? Why wouldn't we give in the offerings? Well, I've heard, I've heard one person say, well, that's all the Old Testament. Abraham's the one that started tithes. I, I don't need to do tithes. I don't need to pay my tithes. I don't need to give in the offerings. God give you a job? God give you income? But you don't need to pay tithes, right? Because that's just, God just does that for you. Now it said, give of the first fruits. I'm going to bring that even further down than just tithes and offerings. Your time. When you get up in the morning. Give God time. Open the word. Get on your knees. It doesn't just say cash. It says your tithes and offering. Being the first fruits of everything that God has given you. Now in the Old Testament, they used to, and Brother Tommy mentioned this a couple weeks ago, they used to pay tithes a little different with animals and everything. Out of their wealth, they paid. But today, it's like, oh, well, just 10%. and That's it. Just the money, God. Don't, don't ask me to do nothing else. You remember in the church. You've grown up in church. You've been saved in church. You have knowledge. You can help people. But, bless God, no, I'm not teaching a class. I'm not helping sing. I'm going to sit right here in my pew because it's got my name on it, and I'm not doing nothing. (laughs) Do you think that's what God wants? He says, you have robbed me, not just in gold and silver, but in everything. Everything that I have, everything that you have. Guess what? You didn't get it by yourself. So many people are like, oh, well, yeah, God, thank you for my job. Yeah, and we should be thankful. Next thing you hear is, well, well, I do all this, you know. God gave the job to me, but I go to work every day. I'm the one that does all the work. I go through all the pain and everything. And, you know, I just don't want to hear anymore. Who gave you the strength to go to that job? Who gave you the breath to wake up today? But yet we forget about him. Everything that we have, we owe tithing to God with. Your time, your family, everything that you have, give him first. And what does that verse say? It says, people will look and say, Wow, what's going on with them? What's going on with them? It says, I will make you it says a delightful nation, a delightsome nation, but it means person also. You will stand out among people. Be like How did we get through that? When you look back, and there's been a couple times that Ren and I, we've went through things. It's like we turn back and we look like, how did we get through that? Because God provided. But first and foremost, we took care of what God wanted. Give him the first fruits of everything in your heart and in your life. And I guarantee you, you will not be, as the verse says, be able to contain or hold on to what he gives you. The blessings will come out of nowhere. You'll get checks in the mail. People will stop by and help you. It's the way it works. God will always take care of those who do what he asks first. So when we say, oh, man, I don't have a job, and, and, I, and I don't know how I'm going to pay for this, and I don't know how I'm going to do for this. God, will you please take care of this? Before you go and you have that prayer and you say, God, take care of this, make sure you're taking care of what God asked you to take care of first. Don't go and ask God to do something for you if you're not doing what he asked you to do. If you're not paying your tithes, don't ask God for a financial blessing. You may not like this, but it's the truth. It's time when we as Christians set the example for the world. Yeah. The reason that the world is in the shape there is because they've seen the church do whatever and accept whatever. It's time that we start living and breathing and doing exactly what the Word says. So please, and this is just point one tonight, don't ask God for a financial blessing. Don't ask God for a job if you're not taking care of what you need to take care of first and foremost. God. Kids, from the time that you're little, if you get a a dollar a week for an allowance... Pay 10 cents. Teach your kids. That's how we do it. Enough on that, because I know, who talking about tithes and offerings, people don't, they quit listening already. But the truth is we do need to take care of that. Health loss. How many here have ever been sick? Everybody needs to raise your, everybody's been sick, right? Well, in 1 Corinthians 3 Excuse me. Yes, 1 Corinthians 3:16 and 17. It says, "Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, that the spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy: for the temple of God is holy, which temple we are." Now, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody tonight, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, but a lot of the health problems that we have today are self-inflicted. Brother Tommy was talking. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny because we mentioned it last night. A couple weeks ago, he was talking about, ooh, we got to get these bellies and everything. And, and Ren's like, oh, I started my diet yesterday, so I was, I was exempt. Like, Okay, yeah. But the truth is, if you smoke, if you drink, and we as Christians should not be doing that, but if you do, And you develop a sickness or you have something comes up. Are you going to blame God? Blame yourself. It says we are the temple. Anything that goes in should be pure so that everything that comes out should be pure. Don't fear the truth coming in because the truth is going to come out. It handicaps you. Well, I don't know if I should do that or not because I don't know if I feel good. And I don't know. Why don't you? Because you don't take care of you. We'll get to the next part about healing and everything here in a minute. But the truth of the matter remains that we are in the positions that we are in because we put ourselves in those positions. God didn't just come along and say, well, today I'm going to make Brian a diabetic. I'm going to make Beth have MS. He didn't do any of that, and we didn't do anything of that either. But a lot of things that happen, people that end up with lung cancer, You smoked for 30 years, right? Yeah. Or people that are alcoholics because they just couldn't stop. It takes a will and it takes you saying, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to be in control of what goes into this temple. Do you want God living in a filthy place? Anybody here ever rented a house, rented an apartment? I have, yeah. Did you like it if you went into it and it was dirty and it was nasty The toilet didn't work. There was mold in the shower. There's just a few examples. I mean, you should see some of the dorms that I lived in when I first went to college. Yeah. But trash everywhere, holes in the wall. Is that someplace anybody wants to live? Because when you live somewhere and you reside there, you want to clean it up. You want to make it acceptable and comfortable for you, right? Now, my wife doesn't like our couch. I love our couch. It's really comfortable to me, but it's something that I like. So I'm going to make sure it stays. She, w- she wants to get rid of it, but I like it. So and we have a disagreement. She has her chair. But that's comfortable for her. Her chair, it makes her comfortable. It's clean. Our home is what we want it to be. The same way your spirit should be. Make it acceptable. Make it what God wants it to be. Make it a place that he can dwell. Don't be filling it up with the crap of this world. Whatever the issue might be or that you have going on, Stop, think about it. And there were several years ago, it said, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus allow in his life? If Jesus wouldn't allow it in his life, why should you allow it in yours? Well, Jesus, Jesus never had to deal with all this stuff. Yeah, he did. Well, he only had three temptations, yeah. But they covered everything that we deal with, I promise you. So if Jesus wouldn't allow it in his life or in his temple, then why should you? That's one other way that we can be separated from God is because we allow these things into our hearts and into our lives. When we encounter problems of sickness or health, Isaiah 53 and 5 is very clear and it says that he was wounded for our transgressions and that he was bruised for our iniquities, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Things happen that you have no control over. The devil was in heaven and asked, God, how can I take care? You let me make Job sick. He'll he'll curse you and die. But it says right here that guess what? We have. Jesus will take care. By his stripes, it doesn't say he will. It says we are. We are made whole already. We're done. We're healed. For things that happen that we can't control. Because you know what? Not giving him any credit, but the devil knows how to do his job. If he can get to you, and you forget that the, the word of God says, by his stripes we are healed, then you've handicapped yourself once again. You've said, okay, well, God can't do this, so I'm just going to be okay. No. God will do whatever he has to do to make sure that you are taken care of. All he asks is that you trust him. Well, how come there's people that are always sick all of the time? Now, like I said, I'm diabetic. I've been diabetic for 37 years. Do I like it? No. Is it something that happened? Yeah. Can I say that I actually accepted it at a time? Yeah. Yeah, I can say I accepted it. Should I? No, it says by his stripes we are healed. But sometimes, sometimes, it also says that no matter what you're going through, God's still going to take care of you because 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 says, and he said unto me, and this is Paul, God is speaking to you, he says, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Even when I'm sick, I can still raise my hands and I can still give him praise and honor and glory. Woe's me, I don't feel like going to church, I'm sick. Okay. You can't praise him. You can't give him praise. You can't give him honor and glory. Hmm. There's been a lot of, there's a lot of people that say, well, this is what happened. This is what happened. I believe that Paul had an issue with his eyes. That he was sort along the blind. And he was asking God to remove this thorn. And he said, my grace will take care of you. It is sufficient no matter what you're going through. Wow, can we trust God enough? In the good times, in the bad times, when we don't feel well or we have a physical issue, you know what? All the devil wants to hear you do is say, oh, yeah, got him now. Yep, that's going to work now. I finally found something that's going to keep them down. They're not going to trust in God. They're not going to say he is, my, his grace is sufficient. A lot of times we just accept things the way that they, the way that they're presented to us the way that the world wants us to accept it because we just act like we don't know any better well we don't know any better because we don't take the time to really study and believe what god's word says yeah. the funny thing about it is people say and we do we live in a very technologically advanced society we do computers so i mean go buy a cell phone today tomorrow will be out of date i promise you that's the way things work Technology and everything is moving so fast that it's almost impossible to keep up with. Medical, computers, anything and everything is constantly moving and changing. But I promise you that there is nothing in this world that goes on on a daily basis that there is not an answer to in this book. Well, how do you know? Well, because I study every day. And guess what? I learn something new every day. That's the great thing about it. Anybody here ever read through, we'll just say a chapter in the Bible, and five or six months later, you go back and you read that chapter again. Did you get something different out of it this time? I do, because it always fits the moment that I'm going through. It always answers the question that I need answered at that time. And it's like, well, I I never looked at it that way. Ren and I have been going through a lot of our MIP videos, and yeah, there's a lot of them. One advantage is they're a lot more modern than they were in the camps. <laughs> but there are things that we've been listening to on some of the Old Testament, We're going through the Old Testament, that I'm like, I have read that and read that, but I never got that. And it's like, it's really enlightening that you go back through it again. It's like, oh, wow, that's good. Never caught it the first time. So going back and rereading God's Word over and over again is a good thing. Because each and every time that you study it, it's also going to continue to renew itself in you every day. Next thing that we're going to discuss that we're going to get into is if we lose friends because we're not willing to be like they are. We have friends that are in the world and there's nothing wrong with having friends that are in the world because we're the light of the world. We're supposed to witness to them. Yeah, we're going to have friends that are sinners and they don't want to be in church. And then, well, when They decide, well, I don't want to be around you anymore because you won't do the things I want you to do or whatnot. Okay, well, I'll still be here when you need me. But then another thing that we have a problem with, too, is, well, I'm a Christian, and I'm just not going to go be a friend with that guy. They do all these things that I just don't believe in, and I don't want to be around them, so I'm not going to be friendly. You know how you make friends? You have to be friendly. You know how you witness? You have to be friendly. You have to get to that open door. Proverbs 18, 24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. We're talking about Jesus right there. If you want to reach somebody, you can't go and tell them, Well, you know what? You're going to hell if you don't change your ways. Now, that might be the case, (laughs) I will agree with you. (laughs) But the truth of it is, if we approach somebody that way in today's society, what's going to be the response? They don't ever want to hear from us again. They don't want to be anywhere near us. And I'm not saying that we have to be like them or do any of the things that they're doing because we don't. But we do have to be different. We have to be in a Christ-like attitude and mood when we go and talk to Him. Be friendly. Can I help you with something? How can I help you? What What do you need? We need to be people pers- per- people, people to get Jesus involved in a conversation. Don't fear talking to people. Just be what Christ asked you to be. Be nice. Do you think that Jesus Himself personally was mean when He went and picked out the disciples? Do you say, well... I guess you'll do, come on, you're a sinner, I don't like really like you, but I want you to do what I want you to do. Do you think he would have gotten any of the disciples if he would have did that? He was friendly when he said, come and follow me. Yeah. And he also intrigued their curiosity. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. When he was talking to the fishermen, he said, "Woo, wh- what? You said, what, you'll make us fishers of men? They were already fishermen. So he was being friendly. He knew something about them. If you're encountering somebody that you would like to witness to, but you don't know how, Find something that they're interested. Be friendly. That's how we're going to get other people in this church, how we're going to fill this church. We can't be afraid to talk and let people know where we stand and how we feel. We also do have the every once in a while. and um, I've been accused of it, jokingly, and then sometimes people like, ever feel like you lost your mind you know I I used to say I had a friend who was <laughs> growing up I was like yeah you done lost your mind and we mean it in a joking way but sometimes it can be serious you've done just lost your mind I don't know what you're thinking I don't know where you're coming from but no, <laughs> people actually fear that believe it or not people actually fear that they can lose their mind. But Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, which is where it comes from, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is nothing that can happen in this world. There is nothing that Satan can bring against you that will cause you to lose your mind if you take this word and you put it right in your heart. It says, For God has not given us. God has nothing to do with the fear that we experience. It's all something that we come up with or the devil has tempted to say, hey, hey, come on, questioning your firm beliefs. That's what fear is. It's Satan making you think about what you believe. Well, do you believe that Christ really died for you? Do you believe that his stripes were for your healing? Do you believe that you have to do this to get somebody else to be interested in Jesus? It's real simple. Fear is nothing but a questioning of the truth. And if you're going to allow the devil to have you question the truth, then you need to reassess the truth in your own life. That's where fear comes from is because Satan knows that he can do nothing. He can really truly do nothing to prove, and science has even tried, the Bible's never been proved wrong. Not once. Science has tried, people have tried. I had one guy tell me, he said, well, I'm a scientist. It's my job to prove the Bible wrong because we were having a conversation about the Bible. He said, well, that's that's my job, is to prove that it's wrong. (laughs) How's that working out for you? Well, it's not, but that's my job, is what he told me. I'm like, okay. But that's what the devil is trying to do. He causes fear by questioning the truth. And all these things we've talked about, health, financial, job, friends, even your mind, because he questions the truth. And the sad part about it is we allow him to. We allow him to. First Peter 5 and 7 says, Casting all of my cares, all of your cares upon him because he careth for you. Well, God, I'm going to give you this one today because I don't think I can handle that one. But I'll hold on to this one over here by myself because I got this. God didn't ask you to be selective. He said cast everything upon Him because He cares for you. That means He'll take care of it. He's not going to do it for you. I mean, if He gives you the job, He's not going to work for you, but He's going to give you the strength, He's going to give you the ability, He's going to give you the mind to be able to do it. So yeah, He's taking care of it. If God gives you money and finances to get all the things that you want, whether it's a new home, a new car, boat, whatever you want, then take care of your part. Pay your tithes before you get those things. Take care of what God has given you. If you have good health, do your very best to keep the good health. And I'm one to talk because, you know, I like to eat too. And Brother Tommy and I have that in common. We really do like to eat. And that's not a bad thing. But do it in moderation. Take care of what God has given you. If you're not going to take care of it, then why would he give you more? I mean, you know, God, I need this. Okay, let's see how that works out for you. And you, you destroy it, you don't take care of it. Well, how would you treat somebody if you gave them something? If you gave your best friend a brand new car and they went out the next day and they just tore it up, they wrecked it, they ripped up the insides and everything, would you be inclined the next day to give another new one? I wouldn't. Now, and, and if you are, you're, you're more of a Christian than I am. Because if you go up and tear up something brand new, I don't feel I can trust you with the next new one. So we need to make sure that when God gives us something, we take care of it to the very best of our ability. I'm going to close tonight with giving you a few ways that we can avoid fear and how we can beat fear. The first way, Matthew 6.33, very familiar verse. Everyone here should know it. It says, Seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. All the things that you worry about, all the things that we say, oh, God, I need, I can't can't live without, I got to have it. I said, seek you first. Seek God first and he'll make sure that you have need, you'll get all these things you have need of. Because what it says in the previous verse in 32, it says he already knows what we have need of before we even ask. So why would we ask if he already knows? Seek ye first, and he'll take care of the rest. That's where we make our number one mistake. Make sure that we're giving God everything that he asks us to give him. And then we don't have to worry. Which, worry? Hmm? Fear, same thing. Colossians 3 and 2 says, and this is the second way, says, set your affection on things above. Set your affection on things above, not on things of this world. I heard, actually, my father has said, you know, you can be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Or you can be so earthly good that you're no heavenly good. I mean, so earthly, I got it backwards. Sorry, forgot. We can be so caught up in the things of this world that heaven is the furthest thing from our mind. But then we're, we want to be Christians. We want God to take care of everything. But we're so worldly that we don't, we don't give God what he asks. Now me personally and and I'm still striving I'll be honest I'm I'm not perfect well yeah that's open for discussion too but no none of us are perfect but if we're striving each and every day to make the best that we can and do what God asks us to do, to read his word, to hide it in our heart, to be a witness, to be a friend, to take care of what God has given us, then I promise you that we're not going to have to worry about fear. And if I am so heavenly minded that people of the world don't want anything to do with me, that's their loss, not mine. The easiest, and I'm going to give you three verses, and I want everybody to actually turn to this, because I want you all, everybody to read this, easiest way to make sure that you wake up every day, and that you can get through every day without fear, I want you to turn to First Thessalonians 5, we're going to read verses 16 through 18, three very short verses, but I promise you, if you follow these on a daily basis, you're not going to have to worry about fear in your life, I'll give everybody just a minute to get there. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, verse 16 says, rejoice evermore. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. And verse 17, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If we give him continual praise, as the song goes, your praise will be continually upon my lips. If we pray without ceasing, well, how do I pray without ceasing? You ever walk down the hall or you've been at your workstation or whatever? Lord, I praise you. I give you praise. I thank you for today. I thank you for what you've done. It's real easy. And in everything, good, bad, indifferent, give thanks. There's a reason why you're going through what you're going through. Many times in my life, I'm like, God, why am I going through this? What's going on? A couple years later, I realized I went through that because I'm helping somebody else that's going through the exact same thing now. So, like I said, every morning, put this in your heart. I'm going to rejoice evermore, no matter what's going on. I'm in this life only for a while, but I'm going to rejoice because of what God has done and what God has given me. Because when it says rejoice evermore, one day I will be at your feet and I will be rejoicing. I won't have to worry about any of these things ever again. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. God, I'm going to give you the praise and I'm going to give you the honor and the glory for today. For what I've got today, what I'm going through today, I'm going to give you that. That's praying without ceasing. And then in everything, God, thank you. I may not understand why I'm doing this, why I'm going through this. But you know what? I'm going to trust you and I'm not going to worry that this might happen or this might happen. Because when I do, that's when the devil gets the glory and he gets the honor and you start getting the fear. I will give thanks no matter what is going on that you, God, are in control and that you are in control of my life and that you are running my life and that one day, and I don't know about you, but it, it brings tears to my eyes when I think about eternity, that one day. And I might have told you this before, but when I imagine heaven and being at that throne, I only look up and I can only see God's big foot because that's about as far as I can get up. And then I'm just like, oh, I just start getting in tears. And I'm not trying to be funny, but that's the thing about it. One day i not going to have to worry about anything. For a short time, I have to be here. So let's take care of what God has given us. Let's be friendly to everyone that we come in contact with because we are the example. We are what people are looking for. If we can do what God asks us to do and we can follow this word, we can live a life with no fear because we don't have to worry about what's going on. And then if we continue to give Him praise and honor, I promise one day, It will be worth it all in the end. I want to thank you tonight for your attention. Please take this to your heart. Please take it to your heart. What was the three things? And we're going to say them out loud, so everybody make sure I want to make sure you got them. What are the three things that we're going to do every day? We're going to rejoice forevermore, pray without ceasing, and in everything, give thanks. Thank you for your time tonight.